0: become a subscriber to Hami media group at patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off the top rope extras subscribe to our affiliate patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes vince russo's the brand the rip rogers fr podcast stevie ray tv goldilocks the a show with aaron stevens and april hunter the 2 Man Power Trip, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, The Beautiful People. And now, The Larry Hankin Stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at prowrestlingtees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordo's Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to zordosoliveoil.com start your day with the best cup of joe bro try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at thebrosters.com stevie richardsfitness.com get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you hear from the pros who live the biz bro with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes it's gotta be Russosbrand.com, bro again we'd like to thank you for joining us here at hmg and now it's time to be entertained
1: following podcast has been rated M for mature. You've been warned, cocksucker. Welcome, everybody, to the One Up Rewind podcast. I'm your host, the Sinister One, and alongside me is the host with the most from the West Coast. Uh, What is it? Lighting up the green? However you do it. But it's MSG. What's up, Poppy?
2: What's up, buddy? That's right, boys. I'm your host on the scene where the air is clean, and I light up that green. Your boy, MSG, and we're here for brand new adventure, you know, me huh? Media Group or Patreon.com or whatever the hell this fucking show ends up at, Adam.
1: We're going to put it everywhere. Talk I like, video uh, games. Sweet. yes, yes. Uh, you know, for, for a man that's 40 years old, video games has been a big part of my life. Growing up, uh, I started off with the uh, the Commodore 64 VIC-20, so uh, okay. that was kind of like the computer had cartridges that you would pop in the back it even had a, a cassette player that you would go okay. ahead and, and load up via BASIC, and uh, from there on, we just moved on to the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, uh, the Genesis, and so anything and everything, I somehow got my hands on it, so... Doing this should come natural for us, and it's gonna go ahead and fill a gap in the Hami Media Group, because there's a whole lot of wrestling, a whole lot of conspiracy, but no gaming talk.
2: No, yeah, and I'm excited about doing this with you. Uh, You know, great thing, obviously, Hami Media Group, we can do, you know, crazy, different, whatever amount of affiliate shows. Obviously, I host a South Park Review podcast myself, so this is awesome that we're adding something new to the platform in regards to a uh, different subject that we haven't been covering. And uh, like yourself, I'm a big, you know, video gamer. My first system was the Super Nintendo. I was, you know, I'm only 33, but that's not to say I didn't play the other things. Is like, we had a Super Nintendo and then we got a PlayStation. And then right around the sixth grade, Adam, I was taking out the trash and I found an Atari 2600 with like 40 games in the trash i don't know who threw that away but uh, i took it home and my dad was like what and that kind of really kind of took me down that all right let me look at you know classic games and started following along that as the years continue and then you know i'm into geek culture myself you know i collect funcos and i collect uh, enamel pins i got into those this year the second hand market for selling just pins is ridiculous you can buy a pin for like 25 bucks and flip it for like 100 to 200 dollars. is ridiculous uh so I got into that of course cuz you know stickers are permanent pins you can move them that's thing for millennials so I got into that um yeah and I guess well, our just our goal right is just to talk about video games and have a good time right yeah oh, most definitely and it's nothing
1: like the quick flip uh I I I could tell though like going from a Super Nintendo and then booting up the Atari 2600 and you pop in that cartridge, you go ahead and you move the little slider on the uh, the RF switch from uh, TV to game, and then you pop it on, turn it on, then you have to press reset, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, you're playing boxing it's stuff. Like, Why are there two threes moving around, throwing punches, you know what I mean? But that was the way that we had to do it, and it, would, it was a fucking blast, man. Imagine uh, going ahead and, and uh, playing the porno games. Oh my gosh, right. On the Atari.
2: Larry and stuff like that?
1: Oh yeah, nothing like like, uh, moving around and, and shooting jizz on people's heads. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll cover it. Maybe one day we'll cover it. But until then, let's cover the news for the week. Hey. Today is June 7th, uh, 2021. And we obviously are going to miss a lot of things. We can't cover everything. So uh, we're just going to pick uh, five quick topics. And uh, we're going to shoot them at you. And starting off, God of War Ragnarok has been delayed to 2022. I guess uh ahead of uh, PlayStation Worldwide Studios, Herman Holst, uh, told IGN that we've made the decision to put the game out to next year. And it's basically to ensure that Santa Monica Studios can deliver this amazing God of War game that we all want to play. And when it launches, it's going to go on the PS4 and the PS5. It's joining other delayed games such as Halo Infinite, WB Games' Gotham Knights, Gran Turismo 7, The Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake, and that's just to name a few. But the question is, does it really matter? I mean, most gamers still don't even own a PS5 or an Xbox Series S or X.
2: What do you think, Matt? Well, first of all, fuck Herman Holst. I'm sorry, the guy has a history of baiting and switching. Um, where he says they're going to do one thing and they deliver uh, in another way. Um, God of War, like many of these other games, were announced as exclusive titles for the next gen, that being PlayStation 5. And it's been within the last month that they've now gone back on some of these games and announced they're going to be on PlayStation 4. So, yeah, to answer your question directly, I don't think it matters because many gamers, as you mentioned, don't have PS5. I don't have a PS5. You can't get one. Anyway, I've never even seen one in a store. I wouldn't even know, you know, when it gets restocked. Who's gonna get them? I mean, I feel like getting a PlayStation Five right now is harder to get, like, than Funko Pops and or shoes. And if you know anything about sneakers and pops, they those communities can get ridiculous trying to buy shit. So, it's it's fascinating to me that we in the you know in the year 2021, granted we had a pandemic, but still in the year 2021, we still don't have enough supplies. To have playstation 5 on the shelves that and xbox and it's it's disappointing because i want a playstation Five. i've you know i went back and forth over the last 20 years jumping back and forth between xbox and playstation whether i had xbox regular and i jumped over back to playstation 3 then i went back to xbox 360 and xbox one and then i was going to jump back to playstation 5. i don't know why i'm buying playstations in the odd numbers adam I feel like that's the time you buy a PlayStation.
1: Well, I was a lucky motherfucker because I got my PS5 and my Series X on launch date from Best Buy. I strapped that baby up in my passenger seat, had my daughter in the back seat, cranked up the music, and that was my beautiful baby date uh, for the week. (laughs) And uh, so I I, I was fortunate to have it. Um, Granted, other than... Well, I, I think I, I pretty much bought the whole launch lineup uh, with the exception of some of the uh, third party games. And yeah, you must uh, Cyberpunk. Oh, fuck Cyberpunk, although I'm waiting for it to come and have its native uh, next gen version to be right. released. But I'm currently I'm still playing uh, Demon Souls remake and uh, I love it. I love it. I knocked out Miles Morales Spider-Man, uh, which was a short game. And as far as my Xbox, I use it pretty much for Game Pass and for a lot of my backwards compatible stuff I have in my uh, gaming shelf. A lot of uh, Xbox, Xbox 360 and Xbox One titles. So but yeah, going back to God of War, I don't really think it matters. And the only ones it might matter to are the elitists that want to feel like they made the investment on their PS5 and they're superior to have just that exclusive version. Even though Sony has announced that a lot of their titles are going to be coming to the PC.
2: Right, exactly. did that update uh, during their PlayStation uh, quarter two or quarter three uh i don't know outlook if you will during recently right before e3 and yeah they announced that horizon is going to be on playstation 4 as well um as well as uh some exclusive titles that will be moving over to the pc which i found interesting yeah i still like up until last year man i i had i just now kind of just got into the next generation of gaming if you will i mean i've had my xbox one since day one when it came out like my controller says day one on it right so like i've had my xbox one, the original Xbox one, not God, all these Xbox gets confusing with all the numbers, the Xbox one, not the Xbox series X, one X, X, whatever they decided to point five. Yeah, exactly. So I just have the regular. Now, I will say I'm a little jealous of that next Xbox that came out afterward because I have a 4K TV now and I can't play in 4K on the Xbox. Uh, but I got into the switch. Everybody during the pandemic, all my friends were like, dude, just get a switch so we can all hang out and play together. And I was like, yeah. Like just get a Switch, and you know? I was like, "Well, I don't want to buy a Switch that only plays in what 720 I was like, "I'm already on that," so I ended up buying a Switch Lite. And then uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it here on this on the show at some point. I'm now I'm just waiting for that Switch Pro. So,
1: and hopefully we'll get it. Yes. But also this Friday, June 11th. Uh, speaking of the PS5, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart launches. If you plan on buying it. Just take note that the install will take up to 33 gigabytes of space. Yes. So, the well, it's still substantially less than, say, a Call of Duty game. But uh, with dimension hopping being a key feature in the game, with the massive install, the PS5 is going to render the areas supposedly in a blink of an eye like it does with a lot of the other games. So it's expecting to have zero load times. We hope that it does.
2: Yeah, I mean, I played uh, the first couple of Ratchet and Clank's when I had the PlayStation. Obviously, uh, I'm a big Crash Bandicoot fan, so you know it was a natural progression uh, as far as if you're following the developer for Naughty Dog. Uh, but I haven't really played it in the last, I mean, I haven't played the last couple uh, games in the series. Uh, my buddy Joe, I know, is a big Ratchet and Clank fan. And I know he'll be excited to play this game. He's been he's been anticipating the release of this game. So I'll probably be. Yeah. Yes, I, I hang out with him once a week because I'm sure I'll play it. It'll be at his house. We'll get bored and I'll be like, hey, you want to play Roger and Clank? I'll be like, yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: yeah, the game the game looks beautiful. I'm, I myself am anticipating that because at my age and with my family life, I tend to focus a little more on single-player experiences, more so than multiplayer experiences. So story-driven game like a Ratchet & Clank or a God of War, Uncharted, games of that nature, those tend to float my boat a little more than, say, playing uh, Call of Duty till I can go ahead and prestige to level 1000. uh, But I do play Fortnite, so talk shit to me all you want about that.
2: This is where man leaves the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I, I get why people are into Fortnite. At least you're not playing fucking Minecraft. Then, you know, if you're playing that <laughs> or Roblox or Roblox, which didn't they just get bought out or something? They just got a big investment. Anyway, uh, to, to get to uh, back to the, to, I wanted to talk about your multiplayer thing. I'm the same way. Like I don't play a lot of online multiplayer. In fact, I mean, I've had the Xbox for, you know, over a decade and it wasn't until in the last month and a half that I finally bought Xbox live. And that was only because uh, I bought uh, PJ Tour 2K21 and so me and two, my friends can play online. That was it. Otherwise, I'm a single player guy myself. I mean, I like to load up the game at my own convenience, pick up and go. You know, When you've got a couple hours to play, when you maybe only have 10 to 15 minutes, play a single player game just to pass some time. But uh, you know, I'd say the, within the last two years, the biggest investment I put into a video game was Assassin's Creed Odyssey when I put 140 hours into that game. But that was a single-player game, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm I'm definitely with you. I, I prefer the single-player versus multiplayer. And I'm also not a big first-person game. So, Call of Duty games and Halo. While I do like Halo, uh, you know, back at the first three, I've never been a big first-person shooter game myself.
1: Well, this should hopefully pique your interest and oh. uh, get your, your cock on hard here because you're an Xbox guy. Yeah. So, with Xbox Series X News... AMD is possibly aiming to make the Series X a hell of a lot better. Uh, they've announced their Fidelity FX Super Resolution, which is a counterpart to NVIDIA's DLSS, and it's launching on June 22nd for the home PCs as of right now. And a Microsoft spokesperson noted that at Xbox, we're excited by the potential of AMD's Fidelity FX Super Resolution technology. As another great method for developers to increase frame rates and resolution. Tools have been incorporated in the dev kits currently, and the uh, Fidelity FX will upscale lower res images and soup them up without requiring huge amounts of juice. Uh, potentially gives higher frame rates at higher resolutions. So, for example, currently you can't on a Series X or a PS5 play. Uh, 4k at 120 fps instead you're gonna go ahead and it's gonna it's gonna down res it at about 1440p or sometimes even lower or at the standard 60 fps at 4k with this technology i guess it's trying to aim where it's gonna boost up both ends of the spectrum your res and your frames per second
2: yeah, I mean, my Sega Saturn plays 50, 60
1: FPS. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, at about well, what 480, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, you know, it's it's. I haven't gotten into the Xbox Series X. This is interesting. I'm I'm waiting for the PlayStation Five. I mean, of course, I've been following all this, but I just feel like the lineup, or at least the exclusives, are better on the PlayStation Five this time around. Uh, but as far as frame rate, how fast the game moves. Um, you know, if you are playing, I'm assuming these first person shooters and whatnot, or like a Fortnite, the frames per second is very important to you, right? Because you want to be able to uh, get around a corner, take the, sh- the quickest shot, get out of the way as fast as you can. And having that frame per second uh, being as fast as possible so that we can load up what you're seeing on screen is definitely an advantage. To me, it's never really been a big deal, though, because I don't play online. You know what I mean? And we just talked about single player games. so. I mean, yeah, having 60 frames, I'm sorry, 120 frames per second maybe for Assassin's Creed Valhalla is going to be awesome. But am I really going to notice a difference, Adam, if I'm just playing this, you know, the chill style of just, you know, relaxingly going through the game and playing? Well, you know, the PC Master Race boosts you up
1: past 120 frames per second where you can get up to 144 uh, and higher. Well, I mean, depends on your monitor, of course, and depends on your graphics card. But no, when it comes to single player experiences, you're not going to really notice a difference. I say stick with 60 frames per second and give me 4K at that. Um, I know that uh, certain games are implementing, for instance, like Miles Morales, where you have your ray tracing and it gives you like an RT performance mode. It's giving you options where you get your quality mode, theater modes, uh, performance modes. So the frame rates on a single player experiences, really doesn't fucking matter. It's when you when you get into competitive gaming and you want that edge and that advantage, then you're going to go ahead and want uh, higher frames per second. But speaking of frames per second, speaking of higher-end items, the 3080 Ti graphics card by NVIDIA has launched uh, this past week. Uh, it's coming out at a $1,200 ticket price. On a, of course... If you look on your Facebook marketplace, uh, buy it now, offer up, eBay, it should be going for well over that. Uh, no surprise, it sold out immediately. I'm sure that Nvidia also has that where they nerfed it so you can't mine with it. So we should be seeing a lot more on the shelves. However, the critics are panning it. The performance average is eight percent better than a regular 3080 yet it's only costing 71 fucking percent more now currently the 3080 is one of the best gpus on the market for gaming and i would say avoid the ti unless you can get it for a great price
2: so they basically pulled the uh, an ea sports where they put out a game every year and they only make tiny modifications but still charge 80 dollars for the change <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like the same game every year, just with a new roster. Mm-hmm. However, the when it comes to graphics cards, there's it's once again like how we were talking about with the Xbox systems. You have your TIs, you have your Supers, you have your Founders Editions, you have different makers. Whether it's it's GeForce or Gigabyte, uh, uh, it's all a fucking cash grab. But if you want to get a little more in depth uh, as far as graphics cards, as far as what the juice that it's going to give you, I would suggest you go up, jump on a YouTube and check out Digital Foundry's channel. They are great for showing you uh, if something is worth your dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And last but not least, this Saturday, June 12th, E3 starts, and mm-hmm. it's going to run all the way to June 15th. Uh, next week's episode, we're going to quickly give you our thoughts on Ubisoft's Xbox and Bethesda's and Square Enix's and other notable announcements from their panels. And then on the June 21st episode, we're going to go ahead and give you our thoughts on the rest of the shows. Matty, is there any announcements or rumors that you're looking forward to this year?
2: Uh, Well, I'm excited. Well, the rumors, I guess. Um, I'm hoping that they do some sort of Zelda bundle. Uh, just like they did with the Mario 35th anniversary. I don't care if it's just two games. Just give me... I want Wind Waker HD. They put it out on the Wii U. I'm not going to buy a Wii U to get Wind Waker HD. So please put it out on the Switch so I can play Wind Waker HD. Um, yeah, I I, I'm, I would like to see the Tri-Pack. It'd be cool if they did like Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess or something all in one. I'd like that to be kind of a cool representation of Zelda. I'm excited to hopefully see some more... In-game footage for Pokémon Arcadius. Uh, the demo that they came out with last year was kind of crappy uh, as far as uh, resolution is concerned. I get it; it was a kind of a, a very early demo. Uh, generally speaking, when you put out demos or trailers like that, uh, you know, you can kind of get an idea where the game developer is based on it. Right. If we look at, uh, you know, this last year where we watched wrestling, all elite wrestling, they put out that trailer for their video game and it was clearly, you know, lower resolution graphics. But again, that was also kind of a beta thing. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do with Pokemon or KSB being it is the first going to be the first true role playing Pokemon game with open world access you're not going linear linear town to town gym to gym have more access um but i guess i'm excited to see where they're going to go next um in a lot of these franchises what's going to be coming out this year how you know because as you mentioned a lot of things are going to be delayed so what are they actually going to put out this year and i think nintendo is going to be the biggest one i think a lot of uh, games are rumored to be making their way onto the switch or debuting for the switch so i think uh, Nintendo should have a stand day. E3 is going to be exciting I think this year. It's been a while since so I've been excited um to watch E3.
1: Going back to what you were saying about the uh Legend of Zelda anniversary, I hope that whatever they have planned it doesn't come out like the Mario anniversary that they they did like the 3D. He, no, it it wasn't that I didn't like it. It's just I I have um Mario 64 uh, the cartridge. I have Mario Galaxy, and I, I think that package should have included a lot more shit than what they gave us. I think that they should have souped it up a little more, uh, a little bit of more polish, uh, a remaster thing, something to fucking make it worth our while than just three games that were pretty much left untouched.
2: No, you're right. I think that was was one of my biggest complaints about Mario 64 is I wish they had given us the DS version where you could play as the other alternative characters and you have the different doors you can go through to to access those characters based on how many stars you get. Oddly enough, man, I mean, I had a 64 later in the lifespan of it, but I didn't have it when it initially came out. I had the PlayStation. So like this last year was the first time I ever played Mario 64. In fact, I mean, I, I beat it. I haven't 120 starred yet. I think I'm at 111. Um, But, you know, I beat the game. So, like, it was the first time I played it. Uh, Same thing with uh, Mario Sunshine. We had a GameCube, but I didn't have Mario Sunshine for whatever reason. I have Galaxy and Galaxy 2 for the Wii, and I've got the Wii in in storage, if you will. So, I've got those games. I understand what you're saying there. So, I definitely agree. It would have been nice if they had given us um, better updates, you know. Mario 64 I think uh, we've seen just from the PC modding community over the last 20 years has done amazing wonderful things updating high def adding extra levels dude, people have made spin-offs and made brand- Dude
1: did you see the the Mario I think it was the Mario 64 PC project where the yes. guy was running it with the three monitors. He had the three widescreen monitors, and it was running, like, I think, made of 4K, and everything was just so
2: smooth. And, oh, it's a fucking wet dream, dude. It was. It looked, it looked really pretty. But, yeah, I agree. I wish they had done something more. Sunshine, though, I, I just started playing that. It's freaking beautiful. So, like, to me, I'm kind of glad they didn't touch the games in a little way because I'm kind of getting to play them as they naturally were. But for someone like yourself who's got them all, yeah. Why didn't we get a remake? Why didn't we get updates here? Why didn't you get at a bonus level or bonus stuff like you did for the new Super Mario World you just put out when you added Bowser's Fury? Why didn't you give us something? I get something. Yeah.
1: And, uh, well, when it comes to my E3, uh, what rumors and news that I'm looking forward to or hoping that we see, uh, I do hope that we do get to, uh, a chance to see if it's true, like everyone's talking about, the switch pro uh hopefully they they give us a price uh price point uh let us know you know what's going on with it and hopefully it isn't just like how they did with the 3ds uh the new 3ds xl or the the new 2ds but it's something uh a little more that'll allow someone like myself to justify it, that i can go ahead and, and cop it
2: Do you feel Uh, like that – I mean, because this – I'm sure you watch tons of gaming stuff, and the rumor that was going around was that it was going to come out before E3 as Nintendo is supposed to be going to be focusing on apparently software only. Do you think, A, it's going to come out this week before – because we're recording this one week before E3, obviously – or do you feel like it'll come out at E3 and shop? I think they're going to go ahead and pull – what was it, a Sega Saturn?
1: Uh, where they say, hey, by the way, guys, it's available now. And then people are scrambling around trying to look for it and, and go ahead and get it. Yeah. Um, I, I think if, if, if you learn from history, I hope they don't do that. And I hope that it doesn't come out next week because, you know, in, in a time where there's a shortage of pretty much everything and, and people are, are buying up game systems, graphics cards, and, and they're just going that route and they're going to scalp it and, and bots um, a surprise launch like that isn't going to give people a chance to do their pre-orders or prepare
2: to go ahead and get it. So yeah, I didn't think uh, that it was actually going to come out, but I was maybe thinking they would take pre-orders for sure. Like I think that. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Pre-orders definitely.
1: They need to, to make an announcement so that way I can have my browsers logged in, or maybe What's I that? just, or maybe I'll just go the douchebag route and <laughs> and try to find a, uh, someone that has
2: bots. <laughs> now would. Now, what, should Nintendo call it the Switch Pro, or are they missing out on an opportunity to call it the Super Nintendo Switch?
1: Mm. Well, maybe they should just call it the Nintendo Switch Series SX5. Okay.
2: <laughs> Q. <laughs> Q. <laughs> uh,
1: also, I'm looking for, uh, hopefully, uh, Square Enix uh, announces their uh, Guardians of the Galaxy game. Okay. But I, mean something. but I just hope that it isn't like the shit game that we got with the Avengers.
2: I haven't played that one, but I saw a lot of bad reviews for it. Oh, it, it wasn't it wasn't very
1: good at all. It wasn't very good at all. I mean, it it looked nice, but when I first seen the trailer, I was like, who the hell, what, what the fuck's up with these characters? You know, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 had the characters looking a hell of a lot better than Square Enix did. They could have at least put some polish and, and they made, you know, Captain America look like a cosplayer. It just it didn't sit right. And then well, I just chose just to avoid that game completely.
2: Yeah. And Square Enix is going to need something because after battling Wonderland, they, they need something to bounce back after investing all that money in the game. And I know you don't have it on the docket here. Yuji know, U- Naka, I think, like, within the last day or two, is, was let go or left Square Enix. So you know, when you've got a great, great game creator like that who gets let go, you know that game bombed. Well, Balan, well, Balan
1: Wonderland was supposed to be his one shot, and right. he took it, and he missed its mark. Fans anticipated something akin to Knights. Right. And they didn't get Nights. Yep, you know, they got shit. Sad. That's what they got. They got shit. And the last thing that I'm looking forward to is Starfield. Even though we know that it's not coming out until 2022, I'm excited to see what Bethesda has in store. I mean, uh, could this be their Mass Effect?
2: Only time will tell. Do you and- think... These, I mean, are you excited about like I guess the, everyone's been talking about like Bayonetta or Xenoverse maybe potentially being moved over from the Wii U because that was the last exclusive. Is that interest you at all as far as moving over to the Switch?
1: Well, we did get Bayonetta one and two, right? And if you're if you're a physical collector like myself, uh, the best way to have gotten that is uh, via like say Play Asia they had a two pack where you got the physical versions of Bayonetta one and two individually Uh, here in the States. You were only able to buy the physical version of Bayonetta two and then download Bayonetta one. And we knew that Bayonetta three was coming. I'm excited for Bayonetta and I hope that uh, I would prefer that Bayonetta stays in the, the house that Mario built and not come over to other systems.
2: Yeah, I would, I would agree. I, I mean, to wrap up the E3 conversation, the, the most exciting game I'm waiting for is Pokemon Arceus. If anybody's been a Pokemon fan or been following since the beginning, we've been following along, waiting for a true RPG game. They tried, fans have tried to do something over the last couple of years. I'm sure you've seen it on PC and stuff like that, where they try to do it in a Kanto region. But yeah. I'm excited to see that game, and I hope that it does not disappoint. Are you looking, Are you? are you, I'm sure you're going to get the two pack that's coming out, right? I haven't I, I think I'm gonna do it because and we'll get into it because this will segue into the Game Boy Advancement I stopped after gold and silver um, When it came to the originals I didn't get into diamond and pearl or ruby and sapphire and whatnot and that'll get I think that'll be you know, a topic here We'll talk about but yeah, I didn't really I kind of stopped I, like How do you go? How do you do anything better than 16 fucking badges, dude? It's the biggest Pokemon game ever. Mm. Um, So like I just couldn't bring myself to continue playing, and then they just kept adding way too many Pokemon, and now I I, I complain about that. But then I bought Sword last year, bro, and I've already caught like two hundred and fifty Pokemon. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a
1: badass. All right, so now that we're done with the news, I'll go ahead and uh, we have a, a chock full week this week today on the PlayStation, Windows PC, and Xbox. Expect Chivalry Two to drop, and Edge of Eternity on the Windows PC. Uh, this Wednesday is one that I'm looking forward to. It's the Final Fantasy VII Remake, Intergrade. That's uh, the PS5 version of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, and on the 10th, we have Guilty Gear coming out for your Xbox uh, platforms, PlayStation, Windows. Once again, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. And uh, that should give you guys a little something to look forward to this week. Now is the time that we rewind. Sure thing, Dad. It's Bart versus the Space Students <laughs> for your
0: uh, NES. Rumba. Only Bart Simpson can save the Bart. Earth. Bart! Okay, ooh! ooh. <laughs> Get the Simpsons game for your NES from a clean. Bart! You will believe an ass this fat can fit into a package this small. I'm not fat! I'm getting in shape. You better be. because South Park is under attack. Yes. No. Thanks for asking. Okay, you're going to jail. Oh, I get to pop. Hey, stupid, I'm over here. Comedy Central South Park, now on PlayStation. How. From Acclaim.
2: Yeah. Hey, little buddy, want a ride? Yeah, whatever. I'll
0: be right back.
2: Where can you catch all 150 Pokemon? It. On your Game Boy, that's where. Pokemon for Game Boy is here. With both packs, you can catch them all. <laughs> Games and systems sold separately. Hey guys, don't forget to check out Hami Media Group sponsors. You can check out uh, Pro Ben Hamin, Stevie Richards, uh, that being uh, BWO Stevie, SEG shirts for Big Sal, the Great God Papadon, and superstar Chris Silvio. You can also check out uh, RussoBren.com here Here, Hami Media Group's own Ben Hami and Steve Richards. You can go to Patreon.com slash TWC for Master Shoot Theater as well as check out Zorro's Olive Oil and TheBrosters.com.
1: Also, make sure to check out IRcade Retro right. um, Mania Cabinet. And I believe this cabinet has uh, the capabilities or the option to play other retro games. It comes... Both-
2: uh, it's additional 25 games, and then it's got a Raspberry Pi. So, yeah, you can probably do your own, or they actually have over 300 licensed games you can purchase from them.
1: Yeah, just go ahead and you flash, flash that Pi, pop it in there, and you'll have it set up. But um, I was talking to Stevie, and he says it's definitely um, the highest build quality. So I'm assuming he means it's a lot more than the arcade one-ups, mm. uh, but it's a straightforward assembly. It's plug-and-play. Uh, and you can tell that the, the makers just really care about it. So uh, if you want to see what it's all about and you're interested in something like that or you just want a dope ass cabinet to have in your house, make sure to check out that's ircade.com And uh, give that a, a, a quick purchase. And you can always hit us up on Facebook or any of our social medias and let us know what you think about
2: it. And uh, limited run, if you could go ahead and extradite the hard copy of Retromania, that'd be great. I, I would really like a physical copy. And of course, that'll be I, greatly appreciated. I, yeah, also, I of definitely. Course, yeah. And as you mentioned, a shout out to Steve Richards. Follow him on YouTube. He does a lot of tech stuff. And I'm sure he'll probably want to come on. He'll, he'll, he'll get Stevie Richards later. We're not talking about wrestling. He'll want to come on and tech- talk. Oh,
1: oh, my God. It's Stevie Richards. <laughs> 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 shout out to RGT. All right, guys, in 1989, Nintendo released the highly popular Game Boy. It allowed you to basically take your Nintendo with you wherever you went, as long as you had four AA batteries or a charging cable, which defeated the purpose of portability, and you were able to play your 8-bit games in stunning monochrome. But that was until the Game Boy Color was released in 1998. And with the Game Boy Color, you were able to play your original Game Boy games and ones that were designed specifically for the GBC. Yet it still didn't hit the spot. So let's flash forward to 1999, where Nintendo announced the successor, one that's designed a little different than we were used to, using a widescreen, and it was like carrying around a Super Nintendo in your pocket. However, with the Sony PlayStation 2, Dreamcast, GameCube, and Xbox out, would there be a need or want for such a thing? Well, on June 11, 2001, 20 years ago, this Friday, Our questions would be answered with the release of the Nintendo's Game Boy Advance. The Game Boy Advance, weighing in at 4.9 ounces, it took two AA batteries, a 2.9 inch LCD screen, and three different color schemes. It sold initially for $99.99, $150 today, and launched with 17 games here in the US. Super Mario Advance, F-Zero Maximum Velocity, Army Men Advance, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, Super Dodgeball Advance, Fire Pro Wrestling, Oridian 3D, Pitfall the Mayan Adventure, Ready to Rumble Boxing Round 2, Choo Choo Rocket, Earthworm Jim, Penobi, Wings of Adventure, Napco Museum, Konami Crazy Racers, Rayman Advance, GT Advance, and the highly anticipated and with great critical acclaim, Castlevania Circle of the Moon. You were also able to play the Game Boy and Game Boy Color games
2: and of course, along with the lifespan, Nintendo released accessories such as wireless adapters, which came, pace, uh, which came pace with the Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green, allowing you to battle or trade Pokemon with up to 40 people, a link cable allowing you to connect the GameCube, an e-reader card letting you play classic games and unlock extra content. Um, GBA video carts usually containing two episodes of cartoons, such as like Ninja Turtles, Spongebob. They had fairly odd parents on there. Hey Arnold, movies such as Shrek. There was even a device released in Australia to check diabetic kids' blood glucose levels. Uh, in 2003, then Nintendo released the Game Boy Advance SP, which was the second iteration of that, um, taking it from the, uh, I guess it was a... A flat, ver- a flat uh, horizontal unit and turned it into a flip phone style um, as the SP had the ability to open up had a brighter LCD screen and a rechargeable battery and then in 2005 brought the Game Boy micro which kind of chopped off everything and just made it a straight Game Boy advance and a small little I don't know kind of looked like the old school um, Mario, uh, playing watch or whatever it was they had back in the day, and it so it kind of looked like that, but it chopped off all of everything else. It was basically cosmetic. It looked so it looked pretty, and then at the end of its lifespan, it sold in total eighty one point five one million units worldwide. It had almost roughly about fifteen hundred games in total, and then uh, we'll kind of get in here to some of our top moments. Our sorry, our top games and whatnot. But the Game Boy Advance, man, it, you know, 1989, before you start getting into some of your top moments in your top games, I, I was born uh, one year prior, one year after the original Game Boy came out. So I came, I was born in 88. So when the Game Boy Advance came out in 1998, that was 10-year-old Matt. I was in the prime of my childhood. And uh, I remember getting my Game Boy Advance. I had my Game Boy Advance. I loved it. You know, I had the accessories for, had the, put it over the top so you can get light in it, because for those who aren't aware, yes, Game Boy Advance was in color, but it didn't have a backlight, just like the regular Game Boy. And so it kind of made it difficult at times if you're trying to play your game in the dark, especially when you're a kid. Like I said, I was 10, I'm trying to stay up late and play in my room. But the light was nice, you know, having that extra bit of light. Um, So once they added that on, I think I really started to enjoy my Game Boy Advance even more. And um, I, uh, fun story here, I also did get the Game Boy Advance SP, my sister at the time was five or six years old, and she went to school and she won a Halloween costume contest. Like she won the whole thing, and they gave her a Game Boy Advance SP. <laughs> and I ended up convincing her that the Game Boy Advance would be better for her. So she just traded me. And you conned her, bro. I conned my little sister, yeah. And to this day, she still holds that over my head, bro. She's still. I was six years old. I won this costume contest, and you conned me out of my Game Boy SP. And I don't think she's gonna give it up until I buy her one. And I tried to go buy her one last year, and man, they are expensive now.
1: Well, there. shit. Yeah, the revision, the revision uh, that has a brighter LCD screen mm-hmm. is is the one that's more sought after right now. One hundred and fifty bucks. Oof, now imagine going in and try to get it that complete in box. Oh my god. <laughs> my uh my when I when I ended up getting a Game Boy Advance I remember getting the uh the blue model. Yeah. I was working at uh, a porn distribution center. I was 20 at the time and uh I ended up getting it off of a crackhead. Uh-huh. <laughs> I bought it off him. It had uh two games. It had the Mario uh, Advance and it had uh mm-hmm. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. And I would sit there during in between calls at the call center. So when people wanted to order like Big Black Cock Volume 7 or uh, carpet munching
0: or
1: or carpet munching grannies, uh, I was playing Tony Hawk, pro skater, and it was fantastic. Uh, Granted, I mean, I, I was a little older, so a lot of my money went to like weed and liquor. But it still was, was a good system. And I don't think I really gave it the the love that I gave my, my PlayStation 2, my Xbox, because I think that was a little more of the mature gamer uh, in me. But the kid in me still never can pass up a Mario game or any of, of Nintendo's properties. So I ended up amassing, eh, I won't say quite the collection, like I do now, because now... I have hella games in the arsenal and I have the whole uh, collection set up inside of my Xbox also via emulation. But uh, there was some, some, some of my favorites. And and I think uh, you're going to have a lot of favorites too. And maybe we might have some of the the same ones, but I do remember uh, loving the uh, all three Castlevania games. I was a big symphony of the night is one of my favorite games. So to have Aria of sorrow, Oh, Man, that was a, that was such a fucking awesome game, dude. I love Metroidvania style games, and Ario Sorrow did not disappoint. It was a top
2: quality Castlevania game. It's, it's, I think, it's ranked as probably one of like the top ten or fifteen Game Boy Advance games of all time. It's that yeah. good. Very. Another game that was
1: pretty awesome when they decided to take the Mario series and give it that role playing flair, and that was with the Mario Luigi Superstar Saga. That was an incredible game when you were able to go ahead and, and take your both of your buttons and and you were able to do team attack moves or you know you you would do it, whether it was their their version of magic or a super attack. Um, that was the start of of me loving a, a lot of those Mario Luigi uh, combo games.
2: Yeah, I agree. I like the Mario Luigi Superstar Saga games, and I think that the series um, you know has evolved over the last two systems you know with the ds i have i still have and i still played every now and then uh, inside story um inside bowser's story bowser's the story so with mario and luigi so I, I agree i liked the i mean they set the groundwork right with um mario rpg on the super nintendo s they kind of brought it back a little bit with paper mario tried to bring it back there but then yeah you definitely got you kind of your true rpg re-entrance here with mario and luigi
1: yeah I, I, I definitely agree. And they also did the same thing with the, uh, a lot of the Mega Mans. With the They had, what is it, the Mega Man Battle Command series. Mm-hmm. Although I never, I never did get any of those. I, I did go back and play them. And, uh, but my favorite was just right across the board was Mega Man Zero. That was an awesome entry in, in the GBA library for Mega Man. Um, it was smooth, and it, it just it looked beautiful. Just to take it with you, it was great.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm a big Mega Man fan, so not going to get any argument out of here.
1: <laughs> Mega Man's always awesome. Uh another another game that didn't sell well that I did have and it's going for a pretty penny now is Drill Dozer. One of those type of games that Metal Jesus would call uh the hidden gems. Okay. okay. God forbid I say that and then prices start to boost. I, I want to get that kind of, of clout one day, though, where you get to say that something's awesome and then the prices go up. But it was like uh, Mr. Driller. If you ever played Mr. Driller on uh, the Dreamcast or for the, I believe it was on the PlayStation.
2: Yeah, they did have it. In fact, that, that was part of the Sony PlayStation Classic release.
1: Yeah, it, it, it basically had like, I think it was like 16, 17 levels. And, and you would control... Uh, the girl, who's I think her name was Jill, and you use the the shoulder buttons, and you you're just moving around, and you're taking these bosses. were huge. The sprites were awesome. Uh, it definitely was a great game. Punch Out fans, there was there was a game that I had that, even though it wasn't a, a Mike Tyson's Punch Out or something along the lines of say Super Punch Out, it was spiritually kind of the same, and that was Wade Hickston's Counter Punch. That was a fantastic game that I still go back to this day, and I would just just pop it in and play it. It was an awesome ass game, dude.
2: It's it, I, you know, I never really tried that game to be honest. Oh, never you even heard to. of it. Today.
1: If you have it via emulation, make sure you check it out. If you're going to go to say like a local game shop and check out their GBA collection, uh, like hopefully a lot of you guys will. After hearing this episode, uh, make sure to look for Wade Hickson's Counterpunch. I'm over here looking like I'm shilling it. Uh, and then the last, and and uh, this is going to be a giveaway. So what? for giveaway? all of you guys, giveaway. What? If you're in the uh, the Hameen Media discussion group, uh, or if you're following us uh, individually on Twitter or any other social media account, except my Facebook, because that's only my friends and family. Uh, I will be giving out my original copy. It's it's in good condition. The, the box is a little, has some tears, so it's, you're not going to be able to send Fuck it out these to. people. send me the game. VGA. But it's Fire Pro Wrestling 2 for the GBA. It's got its manuals complete in box. I will be giving that away. If we get a certain amount of listens, I will go ahead and send up the flare, let you know that we have. Uh what do you think? Maybe 50? 50 yeah. listens this week? Yeah, a- yeah, if we get 50 people to listen to it, I uh, will send up the flare. Either myself or Matt will send up the flare, let you know. And all you gotta do is uh comment on the the thread. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. Uh we'll do a random drawing, and you could possibly win Fire Pro Wrestling 2 for the Game Boy Advance. Maddie.
2: What are some of your favorite games on the GBA? Well, first of all, Adam's going to be the one that will do the Fire Pro Wrestling 2 giveaway. Because if it's me, you're getting a bootleg version and I'm keeping it. Uh, but repro. Like, yeah, you're getting a repro. <laughs> uh, some of my notable Game Boy games that I liked, to mention a couple of them. You know, the Super Mario Advance series. You know, I'm a huge Super Mario fan. I've contemplated multiple times and I don't ever do speed runs, but I've contemplated doing a Super Mario World speed run. Just because I feel that confident playing that game. I can, I mean, if you, anybody's ever played super, the original Super Mario World with Yoshi and all those games, if you've played it, you understand how addicting it is. I'm pretty sure I could beat the world record in whatever it was, one hour and 15, 20 minutes. I'm pretty sure I could beat all 99 levels and do that because I fucking run that game. So, Super Mario Advance, having the ability to take it with you on the go, you know, as I told you, my first system was the SNES. It was awesome, uh, especially being able to play Super Mario 3. And Super Mario World, and then eventually we got Yoshi Story on there as well. So, like it was if and then Wario Land, which is my next one. I mean, it was great. I loved it. So.
1: so the Super Mario Advance though, when that when that came out on launch, Super Mario Advanced, that was the GBA version of Super Mario World, correct? Right. And right. then yes. afterwards, the, the subsequent
2: sequels were what, Mario 3, as you said? So the weird thing... One's- yeah, the weird the way the way they did it, it was like Super Mario Advance, and then they'd have the next uh, an, an, the title with the number. So it'd be like Advance or Mario Advance One, Mario Advance Two, Mario Advance Three. So yes, they came out with the original Mario, then they gave us Super Mario Two uh, or, or Doki Doki, whatever you want to call it, uh, and then they gave us Super Mario Three, and then yes, and then we got Super Mario Worlds, and then eventually Yoshi and Wario Land as well.
1: As I mentioned before, you can't go wrong with any of the Mario games. I think Mario is a superstar legend in gaming for a myriad of reasons. Mostly all of his games are awesome, excluding anything released for the CDI. And once again, to have it in color on the go. Yep can't
2: go wrong with it. No, you can't go wrong. And that, of course, leads my next Mario Kart. I mean, Mario Kart Super Circuit. I, I love Ooh, Oh, yes, games. yes. Especially the levels when they eventually get transpor- uh, transferred over. Because I've got uh, the Mario Kart on the DS. And, you know, it's got, like, every level that's ever came out um, for any of the ge- preceding games up to it. So include all the Game Boy Advance uh, Super Circuit levels. It was a fun game, especially after, I mean, I had Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo, and I had Mario, 60, uh, Mario Kart 64 from the Nintendo 64. So, you know, now having the ability to take it with you on the go, you get to school, you can pull out your link cable, and you can play with your friends. It was awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, Super Circuit, that was another game that I, that I had. You have to have that that game in your collection. It's it's a must. It's almost uh, as if when you have a GameCube, you have to have Double Dash. So mm. just to have Super Circuit on the go at that time, because a, a Mario Kart wasn't released portably previously at, at all. Team Team Peach, man, Team Peach.
2: I want to say this game came out, as you mentioned. I think it came out between that middle ground because we had the Mario Kart for the 64. Then they put this out. And then I think within the next year or something, then we got Double Dash on the GameCube. So it was definitely like a, a middle of the road type of appetizer. Here's something to what continue your Mario Kart fandom while we're getting ready to put out the big one for the console. So, and yeah, again, taking it on the go all day. And I'm Team Toad, by the way. So we're, if we're talking teams.
1: Oh, um, dude! Toad, hey, Toad and Peach, yeah. Toad and Peach. If you're going all the way back to the Super Nintendo, those were your two characters that you you always picked because of they had that speed advantage.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Crash the Huge Adventure. So I'm a big, big Crash Bandicoot fan. I've got uh, the Insane Trilogy, and that's about time. Um, so you know, and I had the PlayStation One. So when they put Crash the Huge Adventure, the first two crashes, that being. Out on the Game Boy Advance. They did a, a phenomenal job uh, creating a original game for the Game Boy Advance. Now, of course, if you've played any of the original crashes, you know there's a lot of side-scrolling uh, um, platforming, so that translated really well over to the Game Boy Advance, and even so much so they even for the time we're able to graphically put in some of those chase scenes where you're running away from like the bear or the boulder and whatnot. And that blew my mind having that in the palm of my hand. I was like, Whoa, I'm actually seeing a 3d version of crash now. I'm playing just like I'm playing on my PlayStation. This is great. Um, so crash, huge adventure. I love that game. I'm a big crash fan. So I loved it. I'm going on a diatribe here. Next game, Mario golf, advanced tour, another Mario game on the game boy Advance that I enjoyed. Uh, you know, I, I played a lot of Tiger Woods with my dad, so it kind of got me into the golf games. And having Mario play, you know, it was awesome. And that's, you know, you were talking about games that are coming out this month for the Switch. They're coming out with a brand new golf game as well. So Mario continues. Super to, Rush. Yeah, exactly. Mario so, Super Rush. They're continuing to come out with uh, sports games because Mario is a staple. He's, you know, as you mentioned, he's one of the most iconic figures in video gaming so anything you put mario with usually ends up putting doing well nintendo does a pretty good job of making sure that even if they shill out mario into a game it's not into a shitty game unless it's dr mario which i thought was the dumbest game ever um spider-man mysterio's menace that came Mm -hmm. out Or the Game Boy Advance. I really liked and this was of course because the fact that I didn't like the Spider-Man game that came out for the Super Nintendo. Did you remember playing that one? Uh, There was a lot of games that came out for the Super Nintendo. You had Arcade's Revenge.
1: You had Spider-Man which was the um, cartoon version. Uh, You had Maximum Carnage. You had Spider-Man Separation Anxiety. So uh, Spider-Man at the time, it had a lot of Super Nintendo releases, um, but the Game Boy Advance version uh, did something a little bit different. What was it, Maddie?
2: Uh, why'd you put me on the spot like that? Because you're a superstar. The game has seven stages, right? And the boss, mm-hmm. the end game boss, features Hammerhead. But you could take out like Big Wheel, Electro, Rhino, Scorpion, and Mysterio as well as one of the final bosses. Uh, the player gets to choose between like three stages, so each opening further level after completion, concluding the story for that part of the game with like a comic book style cutscenes. But the game does allow you to freely web swing, attack with different punches, and kicks, and shoot web foes. So I, I don't know if, I mean, I mean, there was some upgrades that you can collect, kind of like an RPG style to enhance Spider-Man's strength, health, and webbing, and some of the suits. Um, and then, of course, the final upgrade is the symbiote suit. Uh, next one here, we both have this on our list, The Legend of Zelda, The Minish Cap. Wee! Oh, man. You know what's funny is I had... My parents bought me the original Zelda when it came out for the Game Boy, the port. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. In fact, I I didn't even like Legend of Zelda 2 on super on the regular NES as well. This was what got me into Zelda. Ocarina of Time didn't do it. Majora's Mask didn't do it. It was the Minish Cap. This is the game that got me into Zelda and then made me go back and play Ocarina of Time. This game is fantastic. I mean, and the genius of the game, being able to, you know... Go from big to small, you know, and and, and traverse the different terrains. Uh, it was awesome. I really like this game. I like games like this.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. And let's not forget that Link had his own hat right? prior to Cappy that Mario has in Odyssey. Yeah. And that
2: was Ezlo. That's right. But the last game that I had that I could think of was Mario Tennis Power Tour. The game had an RPG in a tennis game. It was cool. Like, you could create your own character, and then you go through like this storyline and season mode where you upgrade your character, you're trying to be the best. And if anybody's ever watched manga or Japanese animation, you you know that the, uh, the Japanese like to do ton, tons of these uh, slice of life animes. And I, I was big into this, I don't, I don't remember the name now, but I was big into this like anime tennis uh, show that was on at the time. Uh, So I was like, sweet, now I can play a a kind of like an anime-style game on my Mario Tennis. Because you don't really even play as Mario in the the Tennis Power Tour season. It's an original RPG storyline. It's awesome. I don't know. Did you ever play that game?
1: Definitely have to check out. When it comes to Mario sports games and and things of that nature, I tend to pick it up, play it briefly. But I don't stay into it. So like Mario Golf, um, Mario Baseball the the mario tennis might you know play a, a round or two but see that's because i've never was a a, a big sports guy myself i know you guys don't want to hear that you guys want to hear me agree with matt and say man that game is fucking awesome and all the memories that i have well you know what i don't have those
2: fucking memories that's fine time, okay? that's fine Okay,
1: i don't have those memories like you do but i'm yes. sure it was a fantastic game it's mario
2: Now, some games that I, some of my friends had that I thought were really cool. I put down like a a couple. I put like three or four that I put hidden gems. Um, Shining Force Resurrection of the Dark Dragon. Have you ever played any of the Shining Force series games?
1: Yes. Yes, I did. And those games rock. Uh, I'm a big RPG guy. Shining Force was definitely up there.
2: Yeah, so like this was exciting for me because I had my uncle... I got a Sega later in life, but my uncle had a Sega Genesis. And I remember we go, we go over my uncle's house, you know, on a Friday or Saturday night. Now I didn't find this out until later, but my parents and my uncle, they would kind of go back into the garage and, you know, sm- take partake in some of uh, what was considered illegal activities at the doobie, doobie, doobie. time. Doobie 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 uh, doobie But so, and they would park me in front of the Sega Genesis and I got into shining force every time we went over like, can I play shining force i loved shining force so that and that's kind of why i went out and bought a sega saturn last year just so i could get uh shining force one and then buy the reproductions with the english translations of two and three so this was awesome um i didn't own it because you know i, I had too many other games my friends had it so being able to play shining force resurrection was awesome um Pokemon, I didn't have this, like I said, I didn't, have, I didn't buy any Pokemon games other than Elite Green, but I did remember trying out later Pokemon uh, Mystery Red Rescue Team, which came out for the Game Boy Advance, and then they came out with Pokemon Blue Mystery Team, which came out for the DS. Essentially the same games. Uh, but I really liked that game, because, that, again, that was an RPG-style, kind of like Shining Force, but you were playing as the Pokemon, so you woke up, so it was just kind of a different way to play a Pokemon game where, versus that traditional grinding of having to, build up your characters and catch Pokemon. In this game, you were the Pokemon, and you're trying to rescue other Pokemon from different scenarios. So I checked that game. I thought that was fun. Um, yeah, that is a that is a fun game. And another RPG, I'm not sure if, if you would consider it a hidden gem.
1: Uh, it did rate really well, and but it's not as popular as Golden Sun and Golden Sun the Lost Age. If you've ever played those games, those are pretty awesome. It, you need a complete... Uh, something to, to have in your collection. Golden Sun is definitely it.
2: Uh, let me ask you, did you ever play a Boca tie? The sun is in your hand was a fucking awesome game. And on top of that, it for the time technology wise, it was revolutionary. So what they did is they made the cartridge light sensitive and solar powered, Adam. So your character in the game has a solar power gun. If you play your video game during the game, the cartridge then charges your solar gun in the game. It was awesome. Like, you turn on your game, and now your cartridge actually has some interactivity, right? And this is before we got in. I mean, Wario did it, and all, we, get, we can get into it later down the line but, you know, in future episodes with the gyro and whatnot. But this was, like, awesome. I was like, yeah, you know, just I'm going to go outside, and play my video game, and I'm going to recharge my characters the ammo. Like, that was oh, awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: I do remember this game. I don't think I've ever played it. And now looking back, that was the, the, the character at the time, uh, I remember it was the Django, right? Yes. But then we look back now and it's Django, like, you know, uh, Jamie Foxx Django. Yeah. And it was like about Vampire Hunters or something, right? Right. Sounds like something I definitely want to go ahead and check game. out. Check that
2: yeah. out. Last couple of things, you mentioned it already, the Konami craft, uh, craft Racers. If you've never played that game, man, that game was awesome. You want to talk about a, a Mario Kart clone that was really good, Konami Craft Racers. You get to play with the guys from what it was a Metal Gear Solid, Castlevania. There was something else here I'm forgetting, um, as far as those characters are concerned. But that was an awesome, you know, Mario Kart clone, and I liked that. I didn't have it because I had Mario Kart Super Circuit. And obviously, we meant to talk about it, but uh, it was a fun game. I checked, you know, I checked it out. Did you ever play Konami Craft Racers?
1: Uh, I did. I, I was a huge, and I still am, a huge kart racer uh fanatic. So games like the Konami Crazy Racers was awesome. The uh, there was a Disney Racer where like you got to race around like in Disneyland. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, even to this day, like with the Sonic Racers, there was this another game that's a hidden gem, and I, I don't want to go too in depth with it, but it was called El Chavo Kart. If you've never heard of it, no, it is a fucking awesome game where it's El Chapulin. Colorado And uh, he's like wearing a, a red bodysuit and he has like the red cap over his head. Well, um, that came from a TV show called El Chavo del Ocho. And that's on the, the Spanish channels. And they made like a cartoon out of it, which then got its cart racing uh, spinoff. And that was on the
2: PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360. And so that's, I mean, really the only hidden gems I have. I figured the last thing I'd ask you maybe before you end this thing is, what are some games that you hated or you disliked? the Game Boy Advance, and then I'll, and I'll tell you some of them. Anything
1: that had Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's fucking <laughs> nasty-ass skeleton mug on the label, you know? It, it, I hated those games so much that I had to go ahead and just peel their fucking ugly faces off of it. It was a lot of shovelware, because you have to, to remember, in almost 1,500 games in total, there was a lot of crap. Um, anything with, like, the Bratz games, those sucked, too.
2: Okay, I'm going to give you my perspective on games that I had Or that I played that I didn't like Tony Hawk's American Skater Skateland was stupid on the Game Boy Advance um, and, and, and I like Tony Hawk You mentioned Tony Hawk you, know, you had Tony Hawk 2 I had Tony Hawk 3 So I thought Tony Hawk 2 and Tony Hawk 3 And even Underground were really good on the Game Boy Advance American Skateland on, on any system was a stupid game Sorry, I did not like that game I don't Anyway uh, Harry Potter games Any of the Harry Potter games on the Game Boy Advance sucked Rocky sucked. Um, the WWF games were wrestling fans. They all sucked on the Game Boy Advance. We didn't get a good portable WWF game until the PlayStation Portable. Um, Star Wars, the trilogy Apprentice of the Force. I was so hyped for that game to get to try and relive all three uh, scenes and game, Sorry, the original three movies. It sucked.
1: Star Wars Flight of the Falcon. Oh, that the fuck fucking sucked. I wanted, I wanted to fucking take that cartridge and, and, and shove it up my ass so it could be covered in shit. But I didn't want to give myself the pleasure of sticking it in my ass. That's how
2: bad that game was. NBA Jam 2002. And NBA Jam was a great game. It sucked on the advance. Uh, the worst wrestling game on the advance. Legends of Wrestling 2. I know I shouldn't have bought it or tried it, but come on, you had to try it. <laughs> uh, that game was sucked. Uh, and the last two things I put here after coming off the great dragon ball game that they put out on the game boy advance with great graphics and the RPG style of navigating Goku. Then they put out, it was called, I remember, I think it was called dragon ball Z Taiketsu, which was taiketsu. like a fighting taiketsu. Taiketsu, that? Oh, that fighting game. was horrible. Yeah. The
1: Taiketsu, it wasn't a very good game. It, it kind of reminded me of what we used to play uh, when I was back in high school in like 99, 98 with the uh, Japanese uh, DBZ games that we never got out this way. Yeah,
2: that we never got that came around the Famicom or whatever.
1: Yeah, it was the, the for the super super uh, Famicom.
2: Yeah, um, but at least with the Super Famicom fighting games like they had some ingenuity in the regards to the 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 having your characters fly up in the air when you're fighting, right? They kind of at least tried to cut the screen in a specific way versus the compression for the Game Boy Advance was so bad, the sprites were so big, and they were moving so slow, the combination of all three just made that game so shitty.
1: Yeah, another shitty game was Mortal Kombat Advanced. Yes. Ah, that game was so horrible, so horrible. At least they put blood in this version. Oh, they did, and you didn't have to worry about white sweat or putting in a blood code. Uh And and you know what, guys, in jest, what we're talking about, whenever we talk about our favorite games, games that are awesome, games that suck, there are going to be hundreds of games that are are more awesome than the ones that we mentioned, and hundreds of more games that are shittier than the ones that we, we mentioned. These are just some of the ones that we remember, some of the ones that we enjoy, some of the ones that we really hate. And you're more than welcome to go ahead and hit us up on social media. Start up a thread. Interact. Let us know what you like, what you enjoy, what you hate. This is just uh, mine and Matt's list, so to speak.
2: Yeah, the last thing I had, I had one more. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the Game Boy Advance. That game sucked, too.
1: That was the uh, cartoon that was on Fox Kids, right? Yep. You know what? The Xbox version is not bad. It's yeah. not bad at all. It's it's good. It, it was great couch co-op. Uh, I don't even know what the fuck went, went on with the GBA version.
2: It's it's don't it, it's just bad, dude. Don't don't we don't need to go into it. If you want to know more about how bad the Game Boy Advance version is, go look up TMTA for the GBA. But it just it doesn't rank very highly on Metacritic at all. Um, I, I know the fans. There's some fans that like this game. I just, I didn't like it. It just became very repetitive. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I understand what Teenage Mutant Turtle is. Most of the games are, you know, side-scrolling, hack-and-slash, and it, it, can, it can get repetitive. But at least a lot of times they, you know, mix things up in the levels. This was just, okay, load up the level. Okay, okay, you beat him. Okay, let's move on.
1: All right, folks. That's going to be it for this week. Before we go, though, Matt, what you got going on?
2: Of course, I'm your host on the scene where the air is clean, and I light up that green, your boy, MSG. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Matthew underscore Schaffer. Each and every week with my two close friends, I host a South Park review called
0: Suck My Balls, Suck My Balls, My Balls, My Balls,
2: Suck Suck My Balls is a South Park review. We're up to episode, uh, when you're listening to this, 78, 79, around that area. Uh, we're in season five. We review the show in order. So if you're interested and you love South Park, you're you've never watched South Park and you want uh, something to complement your viewing comedy pleasure, check us out. We're on all podcast outlets anywhere, iHeartRadio, Amazon, all that too, Pod, uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Breaker, ToucherCast, Mom's Cast. We're also on Rat Salad Review and uh, R&R Podcast Network as well as right here in Humming Media Group. And I also host Like the Fuse with Ben Humming and Chris Silvio every week. Where we review AEW wrestling. So if you're interested in that, check that out our patreon.com slash homie media group. As well as I wouldn't be remiss to mentioning my sponsor, thebakeboysclub.com. You can go to thebakeboysclub.com if you're a stoner or you'd like to smoke weed or whatever. You just like, you know, I don't know, weed apparel and clothing. They have tons of stuff there. And if you use my code SUCKMYBALLSPOD, you'll save 15% off of your order. Bake Boys, not just a brand, it's a lifestyle. That's all I've got.
1: I love deals. So 15% off. I'll definitely be using that code. You guys should too. Just trying
2: to see, keep getting baked. That's all.
1: <laughs> Personally, I don't host any other podcasts. Uh, however, you can get at me on Xbox or PlayStation uh, with the Sinister One. That's my uh, gamer tags. That's S-Y-N-I-S-T-A-W-U-N. Once again, that's Sinister 1 on Xbox and PlayStation platforms. So that's going to go ahead and uh, wrap it up. Uh, Make sure to check back with us next Monday where our Rewind is going to focus on why physical games rock.
2: Maybe you can answer why Sega Saturn games are ridiculously overpriced right now.
1: (laughs) Maybe. We'll get into a little bit of speculator talk, possibly. But we'll also talk about how digital games just ain't fucking yours. Nope. So join us next week. Thank you guys for listening. Also, make sure if you're listening to this uh, outside of the Hameen Media Group, make sure to uh, follow us on Facebook at the Hameen Media Discussion Group, uh, where we have a lot of wrestling talk, political talk, and now hopefully video game talk.
0: That's right.
2: So check us that's out. Uh, Hameen Media Group, all platforms.
1: That's it. Thanks, Matt, for joining me today. And we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Ya tu sabe.